Chapter 24 of The Life and Adventures of Peter Wilkins, Volume 2, by Robert Paltick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 24 All things being now so settled that they would go on of themselves, and having no further direct view in my head, I spent my time with my wife, and, looking over my books one day to divert myself, with the greatest joy imaginable, I found that the Bible I had taken to be in the Portuguese tongue was a Latin one. It was many years since I had thought of that language, but on this occasion, by force of memory and recollection, and with some attention, consideration, and practice, I found it returned to me in so plentiful a manner that I fully resolved to translate my Bible into the Swangiantine tongue. I sent directly for Lasmiel to be my amanuensis, and to work we went upon the translation. We began at the creation, and, descending to the flood, went on to the Jewish captivity in Egypt and deliverance by Moses, leaving out the genealogies and all the Jewish ceremonies and laws, except the Ten Commandments. I translated the books of Samuel and Kings down to the Babylonish captivity. I then translated such parts of the prophets as were necessary to introduce the Messiah and discover him, the books of Psalms, Job, and the Proverbs, and with the utmost impatience hasted to the New Testament. But then considering that when I had done, as only Lazmiel and myself could read it, in case of our deaths, the translation must die with us. I chose out six of the junior ragans and two of the elder to learn letters, and in less than twelve months I had brought them all to read mine and Lazmiel's writings perfectly well. I instructed these ragans at spare hours whilst I went on with my translation, but finding my paper grow low, having had a great supply of coarse linen and a sort of calicoes from the isles, in return for our metals I set up a manufactory from that, and some gums of the trees, which we boiled with it to a pulp in iron pans, and beating it to pieces, made a useful paper which would bear ink tolerably. But I could find nothing to make ink of, though I sent all over the country to search for every herb and fruit not commonly used, till at last I found an herb and flower on it, which, if taken before the flower faded, would, by boiling thoroughly, become blue. This, by still more boiling in a copper pan till it was dry and burnt hard to the bottom, in some measure answered my purpose, and I fixed upon it as the best I could obtain from all my experiments. When the ragans were masters of their pens, I set six of them to copy what Lazmiel had finished, and the other two to teach their brethren, and in two years' time, by a pretty constant application, for I made them transcribe it perfectly fair and intelligible, we finished our translation and two fair copies. I then ordered the ragans to read a portion of it to the people constantly, in the mouche, they, from the novelty of the story, at first grew so exceeding fond of it, that upon the proper expositions of it I taught the ragans afterwards to make, they began to apply it seriously, 
to religious purposes. My writing ragans were fond of their knowledge of letters and trade and commerce now increasing, which put everyone more or less in want of the same knowledge. They made a great profit of it by instructing all who applied to them. This increase of writing necessarily provided a maintenance for several persons who traveled to Norbon for quills and sold them to the Swangiantines at extravagant rates, till the Norbanese, hearing that, brought them themselves to the foot of the mountain, where the Swangiantines bought them, as they did several other commodities which one country had and the other wanted, especially ironwares of almost every denomination, so that the mountain, being so excessively high, was the barrier for the Norbanese, finding that difficulty in ascending and descending, which the Swangiantines with their Grundees did not, there was a constant market of buyers and sellers on the Mount Alco side of the Black Mountain, which by degrees grew the general mart of the three kingdoms. I have often reflected with myself and have been amazed to think that so ingenious and industrious a people as the Swangiantines have since appeared to be, and who, till I came amongst them, had nothing more than bare food and a hole to lie in, in a barren rocky country, and then seemed to desire only what they had, should in ten years' time be supplied not only with the conveniences, but superfluities of life." and that they should then become so fond of them as rather willing to part with life itself than be reduced to the state I found them in. And I have as often on this occasion reflected on the goodness of providence in rendering one part of mankind easy under the absence of such comforts as others could not rest without, and have made it a great argument for my assent to well-attested truths above my comprehension." For, says I, to have affirmed at my first coming either that these things could have been made at all, or when done could have been of any additional benefit to these people, would have been so far beyond their imaginations that the reporter of so plain a truth as they now find it would have been looked upon as a madman or an impostor, but by opening their views by little and little and showing them the dependence of one thing upon another, he that should now affirm the inutility of them would be observed in a much worse light. And yet, without any embellishments of art, how did this so great a people live under the protection of providence? Let us first view them at a vast distance from any sort of sustenance, yet from the help of the Grundee, that distance was but a step to them. They were forced to inhabit the rocks from an utter incapacity of providing shelter elsewhere, having no tool that would either cut down timber for habitation or dig up the earth for a fence or materials to make one. But they had a liquor that would dissolve the rock itself into habitations." They had neither beast nor fish for food or burthen, but they had fruits equivalent to both, of the same relish, and as wholesome, without shedding blood. Their fruits were dangerous till they had fermented in a boiling heat, and they had neither the sun, nor any fire, nor the knowledge how to propagate or continue it. But they had their hot springs, 
always boiling, without their care or concern. They had neither the skins of beasts, the original clothing, nor any other artificial covering from the weather. But they were born with that warm clothing of the Grundee, which, being of a considerable density and full of veins flowing with warm blood, not only defended their flesh from all outward injuries, but was a most soft, comely, and warm dress to the body. They lived mostly in the dark rock, having less difference of light with the change of seasons than other people have, but either by custom or make, more light than what Providence has sent them in the Suico is disagreeable, so that where little is to be obtained, Providence, by confining the capacity, can give content with that, and where apparent wants are, we may see, by these people, how careful Providence is to supply them, for neither the Grundee, the Suicos, nor their springs are to be found where those necessities can be supplied by other means. Amongst my other considerations, I have often thought that if I had gone to the top of the Black Mountains northward of Brandlegorp in the very lightest time, I might have seen the sun. But these mountains were so elevated that our lightest time was only the gilded glimmering of their tops, having never seen so much light on them as totally to eclipse all the stars, of which we had always the same in view, but in different positions. End of chapter 24